Uh, yeah, so this one has been taking a while to get in the can, trying to stuff all this content into one, two, three, four episodes. That's right. Yeah, uh, source material. We're heading into Spider-Verse. That's right. Spider-Verse was a total of six main parts, but with all the tie-ins that I read, it came to over 20 issues. We are obviously getting excited for Spider-Man No Way Home, and what better way to celebrate source material style than giving you one of the biggest shows we have ever done. And I knew if I was going to be talking Spider-Man, there was one man that I was going to bring back, and that was Benjamin J. Cologne. Benjamin is one of the biggest Spider-Man fans that I know, who has contributed to source material shows in the past, including our coverage of Nothing Can Stop the Juggernaut and Superman vs. Spider-Man. Benjamin is a talented artist, and I've always appreciated his perspective when we talk comics, as he brings a unique insight to the table. So where to start? I kind of wanted to take this episode to get you primed for what is to come. As massive as this story is, Benjamin and I are going to stick to the main six-part story, although we will absolutely touch on some of the events that happen in the tie-in books, as there are things that occur we believe are essential to the overall experience of Spider-Verse. So let's start with different Earths. Uh, One of the things you may have to be comfortable with from the start uh, of this story is a concept of a multiverse. If you are a moderate fan of either DC or Marvel, this is going to be something you may have already been aware of. Imagine other realities where things happen differently, shaping the lives of characters we know into a changed version of what we are used to. One of the ways Marvel began handling this concept of alternate realities was by designating a specific universe or Earth with a number. This was first used in Marvel Comics in an Alan Moore Marvel UK story in 1983 to describe the Marvel Universe that we primarily see in the comics. Throughout Spider-Verse, there are alternate reality spiders that appear, and normally there would be a description of which number universe that spider was from. Also, since we have a story filled with spider people, I will be referring to spider-powered individuals as spiders throughout just to shorten the term. So other Marvel universes, there are plenty that show up in this story. Ones that have been published before and completely brand new ones. Some of the more important ones you may have seen before this event, other than the 616, were Earth 1610 or the Ultimate Universe. Earth 928 or the 2099 Universe. And Earth 982 the MC2. A little bit more on that here in a few minutes. But it does not stop there. There is also designation for TV universes, animated universes, and the Marvel Cinematic Universe as well. One of the more recent Earths that are central to the Spider-Verse story is Loom World, or Earth-001, which is home to the villains, the Inheritors. Now let's get a quick blast of the characters that we're going to get in here. I didn't cover all of them because there are so many, but I want to cover some of the important ones that you uh, most likely will want to know about, uh, or at least will hear appear in the story. So we have Peter Parker, our 616 Spider-Man. He's the Spider-Man we all know and love from the 616 Marvel Universe. There's Ultimate Spider-Man, which is Miles Morales, the young boy who took up the mantle of Spider-Man in the Ultimate Universe after Peter Parker died there. 
There's the 616 Spider-Woman, who is Jessica Drew. First appearing in 1976, Jessica was once an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. and at the time of this story is a member of the Avengers. Then we have Spider-Ham, Peter Porker. The spectacular Spider-Ham hails from Earth-8. 311, where he fights crime as a superpowered pig with other anthropomorphic superheroes. Silk, hailing from the 616 universe, Cindy Moon first appeared in 2014 and was revealed to have been bitten by the same radioactive spider that bit Peter Parker, giving them both power. Spider Gwen, the Gwen Stacy of Earth 65, was bitten by a radioactive spider instead of Peter Parker, gaining superpowers and fighting crime as that Earth Spider Woman. Then we have the Spider Girl of MC2. Mayday Parker is the daughter of Peter and Mary Jane Parker from Earth 982. Developing power similar to her father's when she reached 15, she was known as Spider Girl in her reality and is currently watching over her baby brother, Benji, or Benny. 2099 Spider-Man. Miguel O'Hara is the Spider-Man rendition in a Marvel Universe that takes place in the year of 2099. Pretty simple. All right, let's talk about the villains, the main villains from this piece, the Inheritors. It's an evil family bent on the destruction of spider totems. More on that in a moment. Uh, across all realities. Now, their ranks include Morlin, who first appeared in Amazing Spider-Man Volume 2, Number 30, in June of 2001. Peter Parker has had previous run-ins with Morlin before and barely survived. Uh, Morlin is still tracking and killing spiders across realities, but is hesitant to continue his battle with the 616 Peter after being previously defeated. There's Bora and Bricks, twins of the family who are brash, deadly, and very competitive with each other. There's Verna, an inheritor family member who has enslaved Spider-Man villains across the universe to help her hunt spider totems. There's Deimos, the older and potentially more powerful brother to Morlin. Deimos is relentless in trying to find the other, the bride, and the scion to fulfill the prophecy. And yes, that's coming up shortly. Then there's Genix. Every family has to have the kid who knows the tech, uh, and and Genix is just that. He is the controller of a world whose technology helps the Inheritors continue their deadly killing of spiders across the multiverse. And then you have Karn. After failing to take action that resulted in his mother's death, Karn has been exiled to reluctantly find and kill spiders across realities in order to try to return and be a part of the Inheritors once more. Then you have Solus, the patriarch of the Inheritors. And Solus is absolutely the most powerful of them all, directing his family in the effort to fulfill the destruction of the web of life and destiny. All right, now we're going to get to that. There are a lot of terms that kind of fell in those descriptions that I want to make sure I touch on. The first one is spider totems. Yes, spider totems. So I had to visit marvel.fandom.com to make sure I understood this one. That term gets thrown about throughout the Spider-Verse story. Uh, so full credit to marvel.fandom.com for helping me out here. While it is simple enough to say there are some bad guys coming after Spidey and all the versions of him, uh, understanding spider totems kind of helps you grasp why. The quick and dirty version of it is that certain individuals across the multiverse were given great power from entities tied to something called the web of life and destiny. Now this is important because the inheritors are trying to fulfill a prophecy that tells of them defeating all of the spider totems. So in order to ensure this happens, the inheritors hop from world to world, hunting the spiders of those realities. The 
important spider totems and their avatars to this story are as follows. You have the Other. The Other's role is a powerful and combative deity whose role is undefined as it was originally referred to as the manifestation of Peter Parker's spider powers before being revealed to be a multiversal entity that chooses a single host to empower. Spider-Man's clone Kane is the avatar of the Other. Okay, Again, full credit to marvel.fandom.com for this. The Bride, whose role is weaving hidden threads, enabling spider totems to arise through chance, magic, curses, and unwanted luck. Cindy Moon, Silk, is the Bride. Then we have the Scion, a crucial piece to the Inheritor's plan with the potential to destroy the web of life and destiny. And no new spider totems could be created if that were to happen. I will leave the identity of the Scion a mystery for now, as it will be revealed later in the episodes to follow. Then you have the Master Weaver. Master Weaver is a position that can be fulfilled by a totemic avatar or a being that has consumed their essence, though only death can free a Master Weaver from their bond, and is responsible for maintaining and overseeing the web of life and destiny. The Master Weaver has been enslaved by the Inheritors in this story in order to allow them to use his powers to open gates from reality to reality. So there we go. The Other, the Bride, the Scion, and the Master Weaver, all very powerful spider totems. Let's get into the tie-in stories that are part of the Spider-Verse event. The first story I have listed here is Spider-Verse Team-Up. A total of three issues. These are pretty much the Miles Morales recruitment effort storyline as different characters attempt to recruit other spiders from other realities. The final issue is pretty important, as discussed in the podcast, bringing back Tom DeFalco and Ron Friends involving a tale of Mayday Parker's intense conversation with a surprising superhero. Also, we get to learn how the Inheritor Karn will become a factor in all of this. Now, Spider-Verse, only two issues. This is probably my favorite of all of the tie-ins, probably for obvious reasons. These are packed full of different one-off tales of alternate reality spiders, including It's Showtime, where Morlin battles the Spider-Man from the Marvel Capcom video game, the death of Hostess Ad Spidey, and Morlin's defeat solely by the hands of newspaper strip-paced storytelling. In Spider-Man 2099, this takes place in Spider-Man 2099 issues 6 through 8, Miguel O'Hara, Spider-Man 2099, Lady Spider, uh, think steampunk, iron spider suit, and a six-armed Spidey from Earth 803 are off in the world of 2099 to investigate the dead clone body of Deimos, with a very much alive Deimos coming after them. We get an appearance of Jake Gallows, Punisher 2099, and the resurrection of a nearly destroyed Lepardon. Who or what is Lepardon? Redon. Stay tuned for future episodes. Scarlet Spiders, three issues long. You will hear Benjamin and I talk about how important this story is to the main narrative of Spider-Verse. So I'll just read directly from the intro to one of the comics here. A family called the Inheritors has been hunting spiders across the multiverse. In the midst of one of their battles, three cloned spiders, Scarlet Spider, Ben Riley, and Ultimate Black Widow, realized that the Inheritors' so-called immortality must come from cloning technology. When defeated, each inheritor's consciousness is received by a newly created body, waiting for them somewhere in the multiverse. 
Together, the Scarlet Spiders traced the signals to an inheritor-controlled world and learned that a dangerously intelligent and sadistic inheritor, Genix, rules it as his domain. Now, I won't go further into the story as we do cover why it is pretty essential reading for events in Spider-Verse. Now, Spider-Woman. The Spider-Woman arc takes place between issues 1 and 4 of Spider-Woman. They're mainly focused on Spider-Woman trying to help Silk escape the inheritors until Silk leaves on her own, which leads to Spider-Woman being stranded on Loom World. Turns out the Spider-Woman that is native to Loom World is also Moreland's lover. Jessica Drew is eventually able to escape, and in an epilogue after the events of Spider-Verse, Jessica decides to quit the Avengers and live a normal life. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. Get ready for the next three parts of this series as Source Material takes a look at the epic Spider-Verse. Myself and Benjamin J. Cologne, hope you enjoy. We'll be talking to you soon. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Thank you all for joining us. Make sure to give that Rattlich in Broadcasting Facebook page a like to stay up on top of all the great podcasts we have to offer. We are at home on Spreaker, but you can also find us on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and recently we have hit the air on Spotify. Find your favorite podcast platform and type in R-A-D-U-L-I-C-H to subscribe for some great content. If you enjoyed this show, please feel free to share and spread the word. And as always, we appreciate any feedback and look forward to entertaining you again soon.